Welcome to Equippers Church, Dunedin. We hope you enjoy this message recorded live at our city campus. For more information, check out equipperschurch.com. Thank you, guys. What a privilege to be with you. Please be seated. I got you a couple of pictures. The first one is from my family. For those who haven't been here this morning, there we go. So we've got six kids, five boys, and, um, and then the, the other picture I've got is, basically, I love being in New Zealand because I'm not a celebrity here. Like, everywhere else I go, it, it looks like you're not into football, but everywhere else I go, I'm a world champion. I'm a world champion. I was at the beginning of the year in Kenya. So the kids were just running after me, Lionel, this messy, this is messy. And basically, I, yeah, I get, um, I'm his double, officially his double. I just don't play as good football, but uh, and five years ago, it was really extreme. So I would walk through the city in Zurich and just people would come. I have signed jerseys and the whole day. <laughs> once, I, once I flew to Shout Conference, um, you know, I was, I was traveling in my tracking suit. I had sneakers on. At Dubai Airport security check, the security guy came and was like, are you Lionel Messi? <laughs> like, we're talking here about the world's best football player, okay? And, um, and I said, yes, because it's fun. <laughs> and uh, so he, he took me out. And I thought, you know, I get some goodies or quickly through, um, through uh, security. No, he just wanted to take selfies. So we took some pictures and... He still believed he met Lionel Messi, but, um, and I had some fun, so <laughs> that's all. it's always good. Come on, are you ready for the Word of God? Yeah. We're going to dive into a very complex, but very rich and wonderful scripture in Ephesians 1, and you know, I got a picture of what it looks like when Paul wrote it. Well, basically, these are not original Paul, but it's from, it's, it's uh, yeah. Actually, not just a couple of years later than Paul lived. And um, chapter for Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3 to 14, Paul wrote these verses actually in one sentence. It's the longest sentence. And I have tried just to kind of figure out how we could communicate this today. And just you can show the next picture. This is, this is my explanation in emojis, and we're going to go through it in a minute, so um, just verse by verse, and then if I have another four hours left, I will share my story. <laughs> That's the plan for tonight. Thank you, Lord, that you reveal what you have intended through that scripture. Ephesians 1, verse 3, praise be to God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realm with every spiritual blessing in Christ. For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. I always try to, every verse or every part, just to summarize with one emoji. And here I got the toothpaste. That's the next scripture, uh, the next slide. The toothpaste, because there's only one thing in my life that is really holy. That is my toothpaste. You know, when we go on holiday and my wife forgets her toothpaste, toothbrush, sorry, toothbrush, here we go. I hate sharing it. 
It's reserved for me. You know, holy means like separated. It's separated for me. And we recently went to um, Italy on a missions trip, and I forgot my toothbrush at home. And I was traveling with my team, and you know, one of my, my PA guys, and he's a really nice guy, and he always serves. But I tell you, he wouldn't share his toothbrush. He wouldn't. So I had to go and buy a new one. And it's really like, you know what, what, God, what God saw for you is that you are his toothbrush. Something he's not, he's not ready, not prepared to share with anyone else. He wants you to be holy. He wants you to be without blame. Like it's blameless, it says here. He wants you to be clean. Just for him. You know, that's what it is. So we continue. In love, he predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ. I got an emoji here, the family picture. He predestined us for his adoption. You know, we have friends. They have adopted a a girl. They had four children of their own, and then they adopted like um, an Asian girl. And everyone can see she doesn't fit to these parents. She was adopted. And the amazing thing is she was chosen. Out of all the kids that have no parents, they chose her. And really, like, this is amazing. Like, God chose you. Not because you would fit to him. We will never fit to a holy God. We will never be, we could never even deserve to be with him. But he just chose you. He just saw you and said, I want you. So that's the second emoji. Let's continue. It goes on. In accordance with his pleasure and will. To the praise of his glorious grace, which he has freely given to us in the one he loves. Obviously, that's Jesus. The number, th- the number three emoji I want to share with you is to the praise of his glorious grace. You know, our life should be like an advertisement to God. It's like if people look at us, it should be, I got another picture, like Piccadilly Circus. You know when you go there? It's these panels, and they just shout something. And when God intended you, when God saw you, he saw that your life is an advertisement of his glorious grace, to the praise of his glorious grace. So just to summarize the first third of this complex one sentence that Paul wrote. God's vision for your life is that you are holy, that you will be adopted into his family, and then that you are going to be a praise. It's not that you will praise him, not that you do it, not that you come to church and you sing along. That's not his idea. That's a good thing too to do, but that you 
are praise. This is a huge difference between doing something and being something. You understood? So we continue. We go now to God's strategy. Because he's not just the God who's got cool ideas, good intentions. He's actually got a plan how to achieve this with you. We're talking about you tonight, okay? He is so rich in kindness and grace that he produced a purchase our freedom with the blood of his son and forgave our sins. Next emoji, the cross. When my son was 11, he did something, he did something stupid. He followed, followed his colleagues in a bus and he had no ticket. And someone controlled him. And he had no valid ticket. So he had to pay a penalty. And this penalty was huge. Way too big for what he would, could pay ever with his pocket money. It would have been more than he would get like money given for his birthday and for his Christmas. And he was so devastated because he knew he did something wrong. He, re he was really sorry. He really regretted it. And you know, as a father, I want the best for him. And I also wanted to him to, for him to learn a lesson here. But I so love him. And I saw he was really sorry. I didn't, I didn't want that one stupid moment of his life, it was about five minutes in a bus, would be a burden for the next year till he could pay it back. And I love this about our Lord Jesus Christ, that there's so many stupid things we do. It's, it was one moment. It was one word. It was one action that would burden us for years. So that's why he purchased you with freedom. So that's the cross, the message of the cross. Jesus paid the ransom for us to be free. His love went all the way. It continues. He has showered us with kindness on us. Along with all wisdom and understanding. God has now revealed to us his mysterious will regarding Christ. Which is to fulfill his own good The next emoji is the light bulb. You know, like he has put his wisdom into you that you can actually know what he wants from you and what his will is. Actually, Ezekiel 11, he talks about that God will give us a, a, a new heart, not a heart of stone, but it, it, it's a, an, a, an undivided heart a living heart, and it's also talking about a new spirit. That he will give us his spirit, that we can know him, that we can really be one of him. And I, I love, I heard this story about um, a man who actually got a heart transplantation. And he got the heart of someone who was murdered. And a couple of months later, he had a dream at night. 
and he saw who actually was the murderer of that person. You know, he was carrying a hard knife. And he could help the police afterwards to catch the murderer. And you know, when, when God gives us a new heart, it's that we can remember his words. We can know what he wants. It's not just, it seems like a mystery sometimes, but you know, this is this, there is this still small voice. There's just things you, you can actually remember which might have been taught or even things that are not very obvious to you, but you can know the will of God. That's his strategy to become the praise of his glory. He actually made a way that you can know what's now supposed to be done. Continues, and this is the plan. At the right time, he will bring everything together under the authority of Christ. Everything in heaven and on earth. Next emoji is the crown under the authority of Christ. You know, so, some people are intimidated because we love freedom. We love our independency. But I tell you what, your element is to be under the authority of Christ. That's the only place where you really flourish. You know, if, if people um, do a documentation on like fish, you know where they film? They film under water. Because their element is water. And if you want to see the beauty of a fish and, you know, how they flourish, you got to film them underwater. If you want to see humans flourish, if you want to see what they're made for and what really makes them happy, I tell you, it's being under the authority of Christ. Independence is like something that is, um, it's fake freedom. It's fake freedom. So, to summarize, the God's strategy now. He purchased you for freedom. He revealed his will to you. And he created a place where you can flourish under his authority. Are you ready for the last part of the scripture? So God didn't just have a vision. He didn't have just a strategy. He just knew. Like, like anything in, in life, you know, we have quickly great ideas. We might have some plans. But to make it happen, that's always the big question. How do you do this? So actually God invested something. So we go into God's investment now. Furthermore, because we are united with Christ, we have received an inheritance from God, for he chose us in advance, and he makes everything work out according to his plan. God's purpose was that we Jews, who were the first to trust in Christ, would bring praise and glory to God. Next emoji is a house which stands for the inheritance. You know, 
There's an inheritance is the most unfair thing that can happen on earth. Because if someone inherits a house or money or whatever it is, it just pushes you forward. You're just at another place, like at a place where you could have not been with working. You don't deserve it. It's just because he was your daddy, he was, she was your mommy, or he was your granddad, he, she was your grandma. It's just, it catapults you forward. And it's things like, I, I got an inheritance and I'm way further than I should be. I could not work for that, I'm telling you, in the next 50 years, if I would try to save. And that's what God did. He gave you an inheritance that you are further than you actually could be. And we're going to relearn what it is. And because of him, when you who are not Jews heard the revelation of truth, you believe in the wonderful news of salvation. Now, oh, something's wrong here on my, oh, no, good. Now, we have been stamped with the seal of the promised Holy Spirit. He is given to us like an engagement ring is given to a bride as the first installment of what is coming. Next emoji is the Holy Spirit as a guarantee. It's like that engagement ring. Now, when I got engaged... That was a big decision. That was, for me, bigger to ask for my wife's hand than to say at the altar, yes. And it was, I promised something. I gave her a ring. And from that moment on, we started working towards a wedding. From that moment, it was clear for me, there's no other option. I go for that. And you know, when God gave you the Holy Spirit, it's literally just saying, you know what? I've got, I've got something for you. I promise you something. And it's not going to change. And obviously, we're working towards something. Come on this journey. And then it goes on. He, that's the Holy Spirit, is our hope promise of a future inheritance which seals us until we have all redemptions, promises, and experience complete freedom to the praise of his glory. Last emoji is that letter. He seals us until we have all of redemptions promises you know back in the old days authorities kings they would see letters to make sure that the receiver had security that this is the original message it wasn't exchanged it didn't get compromised on the way it was that the receiver could have the confidence, this is true. And I love this about the Holy Spirit. You know, if God's intention is for you to be 
the praise, a praise to his glory. I so often doubt. I have, I'm really struggling with that concept, to be honest. Because I look at me, I look how fragile I am, and it's hard to believe. But the Holy Spirit has been given to us just to ensure that this is God's plan. And there's so many things in life, so many other voices in life that say the complete opposite. And I'm so glad for the Holy Spirit. And it's so important to again and again listen to what he says. So let me just summarize this whole sentence. That it's, it's a long sentence, I tell you. Like none of your teachers would like Paul, man. He is like, he was crazy. I put some, some punctuation in it. So just as a um, summary, can you show the next slide? So God's vision is that you're holy, that you're adopted, and that you are a praise of his glory. His strategy was to purchase you free, to reveal his will, and to put you under the authority of Christ. He invested in you. He made the first step. Yeah. That's very important because, you know, it's a great idea. It's a great concept. But it's out of our league. So he went all the way and said, man, I'm going to give you an inheritance. I, I make sure there's a salvation. There is, there is the Holy Spirit. And, you know, he promised something. And then he sealed you. He sealed you. He said, this is nothing else. Nothing else should hinder you, should have the power to derail you because you are to be a praise to his glory. And that's basically the, message, the title of this message, to the praise of his glory. And tonight, I just really want to go through some stations of my life where I had to say yes to that. And tonight, I just want you to listen and understand that it's now. Because it's not tomorrow. God gave you a guarantee. He gave you an inheritance. You're further than you actually could be. There's nothing you can do to deserve it. And then it's not a goal for life to be when you're 80, hopefully, I'm going to be a praise of his glory. It's just where you're at. If you're 13 tonight, it's for now. If you're 21, it's for now. If you're 65, it's for now. And there's this journey. I remember the first time I was in worship. And I realized, this is my element. It was, it, was, it was in a worship service, New Year's Eve. And I was so confident, suddenly in the presence of God, I started lifting my hands. I was about five. It was embarrassing to do, well, do, to do so next to my parents. But suddenly I knew I belonged to God. It was so clear. 
it was, I felt, I'm, 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 from that moment, I always felt drawn to be with God. I would run out, um, home from school and I started playing the guitar when I was pretty young. I would run ho home from school just to have 15 minutes before we would eat lunch, just to be in his presence. And it was the best place to be because I knew I belonged to him. I, I'm separated, I'm made holy, and I belong there. And I remember once in, in a, at a youth conference, I, I went up to the altar because the message was, again, about your life counts for God. And I was at front. It was a big conference, 3,000 people. And someone came up to me, and that was the first prophetic word I got. And this person said, I don't know you, but I really feel like God wants to do something special with you. I was 16 at the time. And man, it was a word from God. I really treasured it. And, and from there on, I just, I just wanted, Lord, what can I do that this is going to come true, that you can do whatever? And I started serving because that's a great place to start. If you have no clue what to do in life, just say yes. And often it's say yes to leaders. Say yes to, if, to a need. Say yes if there's a gap. And just stand in it. So I said yes to serve in the worship team. And you know, to be true, I, in, in many ways I wanted to please God. But if I'm really honest, there was a couple of girls I really liked. So I possibly did it more to impress them than to please God. Because I quickly understood that the stage anyhow is not to please God. So this is a lifestyle that goes with it, but the stage is to impress some girls. I, I, I saw that in, um, opportunity at that time, but the stage is here to serve people, so uh, I, I got it in the meantime. And you know, I, I started serving, and they quickly there was a, a big frustration because I was musically better than um, my leader who got me into the worship team, and uh, I, I felt like I'm limited, and I knew there's something more in me, and I started talking to my parents, and I said, I'm going to quit. This is not going anywhere. I want more. And exactly during that week, I got a letter, a handwritten letter from my worship leader. And he started just writing things I always knew in my spirit. He saw something in me. And he asked me to start leading our worship team. Start leading as an 18-year-old worship services and again it was just saying yes i i knew it but i didn't feel equipped i i i'd never sang before i only played the guitar so i just tried to say yes and again i i saw how god would would use it i started writing songs and remember one service again i came to the front it was an altar call, and I had such a strong conviction that my life should belong to the Lord and be to the praise of his glory that I, I made him a promise. And I said, Lord, as an 18-year-old, I'll give you my best 10 years. 
I was stupid enough to believe that this would be from 20 to 30 years old. I'm so glad it's not that. It's from 40 to 50, I heard. But I, told, I, I promised the Lord, it doesn't matter whether I get married. It doesn't matter whether I live in Switzerland. It doesn't matter whether I will work as a teacher because I'm a trained primary school teacher. It doesn't matter whether I have my own car. It doesn't matter whether I would have friends or not. I just want to be to the praise of your glory. My life. I just want to say yes. And it's incredible how God takes it serious. And he does things. And there was this opportunity to go to London to improve my English. And I said yes to that. And remember, I got to Equippers. Got there on a Tuesday. On a Wednesday, I was in the worship team rehearsal. On a Sunday, first time serving at church. So it went quickly. If you say yes, it's a yes. You go all the way. And you know, I hardly spoke a word English at that point. But I just knew this is my place to be. A year later, Pastor Bruce asked me to start working for church. I only wanted to be six months in England. And then suddenly, it's staying on, away from family, away from friends. But I said yes. Three months after that, saying yes, Pastor Helen Monk came running into the, uh, into the office and said, Dan, Dan, you wouldn't believe we had got this prophecy eight years ago, and it says that some Swiss guy will come to us. I was 16 at the time, living in Switzerland. And God somehow saw this. And it says, this Swiss guy, he will become like a son, and one day he will go back to Switzerland and be the father of a great house. And, you know, it's just incredible how God sees things God has sealed certain things you know he's given you the Holy Spirit and it's kind of like if he's planned something he reveals it to us somehow we say yes to things you're not 100% sure how this is going to turn out but you just know it's right and suddenly things unfold I never wanted to become a pastor never I wanted to become a rock star. I actually did auditions in London for a musical school. And I was too good for the course to do part-time. So I needed to do the full-time course. But I had no money to do full-time. I needed to work. And that's when Pastor Bruce took the opportunity to, to <laughs> put me on staff to be his, the cleaning lady, to be the truck driver, to be the accountant, to be the student ministry leader, to be the worship team leader, just everything that needed to be done at church. Just say yes. <laughs> I said yes to a mission trip to Romania, where I got to know my wife now. A couple of months later, or a year, a year later, after we got engaged, Pastor Bruce came and said, Dan, we're planting a church in Berlin. We would like you to go to Berlin. And my fiance at that time, 
She didn't speak any German. And they asked us to go after our wedding to Germany. And I remember just, it was a hard conversation. So it was only three months after she moved to London, let everything behind her. And I sat her down and said, look, Pastor Bruce Monk, he asked us to go to Berlin. Would you be up for it? And the first thing she said was, yes. Because, again, also the Holy Spirit was working in her. She couldn't imagine all the trouble we would have in Berlin because it was the hardest time of our lives. I was 10 months unemployed, although I had promised a job in a, in a school. We um, really went through hardship there. But God was faithful in this. And then it came this time to go to New Zealand, do college. And again there, there was a yes, and there was an unfolding of, of certain things. I remember once Pastor Pat Sparrow prophesied over us that there will be, when we go back, there will be a, an upper room fully furnished. And we came to Switzerland, and I showed this morning a picture of our church. And actually, our auditorium is in the upper room. And just walking to, to the school where I had a teaching job, this church was on my two houses next to the, church, uh, to the school where I was working. And in that church, my, my former pastor was there, started, took over that church before I went to London. And just another story that unfolded, and we ended up in this church and ended up pastoring there. It's incredible how God does things, how he provides, how he unfolds. And the thing is, how he blesses you, how he gives you things you could never deserve, you could never achieve, like I'm just trying to, to skip a lot of stuff because of time, but the latest story is really, and I promise I will tell it, is we went, we had another yes to say. A year ago, I was asked to take over another church in another part of Zurich, a struggling church, and we said yes to it. I remember again asking my wife, what do you think? And her first word, because she's very tuned in this, with the Spirit, she said, yes. I think God is going to get the praise through this because we have to step out in faith again. It's not just something we can do easily. We, we, we're not ready for it. But the thing is because God has invested, there is something we can walk in and shine. And someone out of that church wrote me and said, hey, I, we have a house and we see you living in that house. And I had to explain them that we're not in the in, in the we're not in the state to buy a house, but they said, no, we want you in that house. And they did something crazy. They they gave it to a price which is so ridiculous. It's so ridiculous that basically my bank manager, he said he's never heard of anything like that. And he gave us a loan which someone with my salary would never get because it's no risk to get. And, you know, it's just the provision of God. Now we live in a house as a family which we could never afford. 
And it's all to the praise of His glory. Because it's not something we could have done. And if I could ask the uh, keyboard to come on the stage. God has a plan for you. And tonight, I really, I just felt in my spirit, I was praying for tonight, and what I should share. I had this word, stop the excuses. There's no need to wait. There's not going to be better time. You know, we're called equippers, but I tell you, we don't equip you that you could do the ministry one day. The equipping happens on the way. It's when we say yes. You will never feel ready for it. But it's those moments when you say, yes, God. And suddenly, something is being revealed of that. And I tell you, it's your purpose. To be praised of His glory. Thank you for listening to this message recorded live at Equipus Church Dunedin. We pray that it blessed you. For more information, please check out equipuschurch.com.